Well, hey, thanks again for joining us. We have been talking about entering the story, the story that is Christmas. And James 1, 22 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. And what we've asked in this season of our congregation and this church is to enter the story, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to really look to be a difference in all that is God has called you to do. Jesus entered the story so that you and I could enter the story. The Christmas story is about him entering in fully God, fully man, so that you and I would know what he experienced and he would understand and we would be able to be the, uh, as I said, the hands and feet of Jesus and what he's called us to. Yeah, and we've been uh, wrapping it around something that Socrates said, but you don't necessarily communicate that with Christmas nope. or coordinate but that I together. But I do read a lot of Socrates. So of, course, of course, of course. But anyway, we've been asking these three questions. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And we've kind of been jokingly sharing a few um, scenarios in which that might apply. I know for us around Christmas time, John Blue is a super social butterfly, right? Mm -hmm. And so is it true that when we go to family events that he leaves me um, to kind of fend for true. myself as he makes his way around the room? Yes, it is true. Is it kind for me to be frustrated that he's so socially gifted? Probably. I'm trying to share you, so I'm I trying to be kind. Oh, well, I think you're kind. trying to share you. Oh, but well, um, but anyway, but is it necessary sometimes for me to say, hey, hello? other people over here so anyway yes it is so just a few questions that we're asking around this Christmas time and then John's gonna jump into how it relates to the word and the gospel and our lives in general absolutely I'm gonna have before Chris leaves I'm gonna have her read our scripture this morning from Luke 2 13 through 20 it is the Christmas story and uh, as you read this as you're together as a family make sure it's a time afterwards that you have some discussions about this what this looks like and what god has called you to chris will you read that for us yes luke 2 verse 13 and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased when the angels went away from them into heaven the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. Lord, for this Christmas. Lord, I thank you for the blessing over the last couple of days of our Christmas Eve service and the time we're able to come together and worship God on Christmas morning with our family and with our friends. Lord, what a blessed time. God, I just pray that you would speak to us this morning. God, that you would be with us. I thank you for this word and we celebrate who you are, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. God bless. Amen. Amen. I will see you. Okay. Oh, you shake my hand. Oh, I didn't get a All kiss. All right. You even got a kiss. <laughs> so the question we have to ask is this. Why does hope matter? Um, I was reading an article in Psychology Today, another one of my favorite reading tools, but actually I was looking. And in February uh, 2019, it said this on why hope matters. It says, hope comes with the possibility of something better. Hope comes with this, this, this maybe, just maybe, something better will happen in my life. And it's important for people. It also says this, hope helps us keep 
going. So the two things as humans that psychology say today say that need to happen is one, that we need to have a possibility that things will be better, and two, this possibility of better times, better things, keeps us going. Now we're in this crazy world right now, and for some people, they don't think there's a possibility of things getting better, therefore there's great hopelessness. They don't think they can keep going because of the hopelessness of this coronavirus, of our government and what's going on. And we see that because suicide rates are through the roof today. We see that because drug addiction and drug use and alcohol use is through the roof like never before. So when we look at psychology today, we look at the, the, the facts that they are unfolding before us, we have to say this is true. Hope comes with the possibility of something better and hope, it is hope that keeps us going. And when we talk today about the necessity, what we're saying is this, there's a necessity of hope. When we say is it true, is it kind, and is it necessary, what we are saying is there's a necessity and this necessity is with hope. And the Christmas story is the hope of necessity. We know that everything changed on that very morning, that very night, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We know that the game changed at that point. Why is Christmas necessary? The birth of hope, Jesus. This whole thing that we celebrate every year. Yes, we have a tree, and yes, we have presents, and yes, we have parties, and yes, we have great meals, and all those things. But it's the necessity of Christian, the birth of Christ Jesus, that brings hope to us. And this morning, in this short little time, I want to talk about a few things that the birth of hope Christ Jesus brings. Number one, hope brings healing. Number two, hope shows us how to act as men and women. Number three, hope brings clarity in our lives. And number four, hope is contagious. And as, as you listen to these this morning, I'm asking you to, to ponder them in your heart, to wrestle with them and apply them to your life and who you are, so that, as we say, as you enter the story, you truly would be the hands and feet of Jesus. Number one, we said hope heals. Today we live in this world where things are broken down, and when they're broken down, we just throw them out. It's, it's this, this world that is so fast, anything that we no longer need, we just throw away. Damaged goods are rejected, and, and it, this includes people, this includes marriages, and this includes friendships. Everything just turns, I don't like it, I don't want it, just get rid of it. And more than ever, the world is full of people with broken hearts, broken spirits, and broken relationships. And the hope that was born, was born in Christ Jesus. Psalm 34, 18 says this, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed spirit. The Lord is near those who are brokenhearted in this time, and those who have crushed spirits. There are people that I regularly meet with, people that I know, friends that you may know, family members that you know, that are brokenhearted in this time. They may have lost a loved one. They may be going through a difficulty, whatever it might be, crushed spirit. The Bible says this, the Lord is near to those who are brokenhearted. Hope heals. There's something about reaching a breaking point that causes us to seek the Lord in a more sincere way. And for many of us right now, when you're in that breaking point, when you're in that place of brokenness, the, the remedy for that is to search for the hope that heals, which is Christ Jesus. That's the one that heals. This healing process starts 
when we surrender to Jesus. Luke 9, 23 says this, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I was in a, a men's Bible study that I, I do on Thursday mornings, and we were talking about this hope that heals. We were talking about uh, Jesus coming, and we read the Christmas story. And, and uh, the key thing that you see in this Christmas story is this. With the, the wise men, what happened? They did two things when they encountered the hope that was born on that day, Jesus. Two things that if you and I would engage in these two things, our lives would look a whole lot different. It would start the healing process. The two things that happened when the wise men saw Jesus is this. Number one, they worshiped. They fell on their face. Baby Jesus, this child born unto us, they fell on their face and they worshiped. Number two, the second thing they did is they gave to him. If you and I, if the church, church, if we would understand these principles, when we have encounters with Jesus every single day, the first thing that we would do would, work, would be to worship. The second thing we would do would be to go, God, all that I have is yours. And when you do those two things, there's something healing in your spirit. Instead of grasping for life, instead of grasping for that relationship, instead of grasping for that job or that house or car or whatever it is that is elusive that you can't get a hold of, we go, God, everything that I have is yours. When you worship Jesus, when you encounter him every single day through his word and who he is, something changes in your heart. And the Bible says very clearly that he heals us, that he heals our heart. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, hope heals. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. Jesus was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was, the, was that that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. What that scripture is saying, it's a prophetic picture of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's this prophetic picture of Christ coming. And it says this, that Jesus understood our brokenness. That not only did he understand our brokenness, not only did he experience what we experience, but he went to the cross and took it on the cross and died for each one of us in this crazy love that he has for each of us. And it's this hope that heals us today. It's this hope that changes us. There's a scripture in, in Ephesians that says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. What does he mean? The, 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 the wise men came and worshiped. They fixed their eyes on Jesus, the author and the, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, hope heals. And when you have an intimate relationship with Jesus, what happens is healing starts to take place in your life. And those broken places and that unforgiveness and those hurts that you can't let go of and those people that hurt you and those things that seem hopeless start to change and hope starts to come because you worship Jesus and you give him all that you have. Number two, hope shows us how to act. Look, in a world where people are acting completely foolish, in a world where people can go into a grocery store, go into a, a supermarket, go into uh, Macy's, go wherever they want, grab whatever they want and walk out. In a world where you can burn things down and it doesn't matter, in a world where you can do crazy, the Bible, this hope, Jesus, shows us specifically how to act. 
The necessity of Jesus' life is this, that he lays it out who we are and how he's called us to act. It says this in Philippians 2, 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. We can stop right there, church. If we would just take this one line, do nothing out of selfish ambition. In my marriage with my wife, do nothing out of selfish ambition. With my children, do nothing out of selfish ambition. In this church, with my friends, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Value your friends, value your wife, value others above yourself. In humility, value these people. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. What the, the birth of hope, the necessity of Jesus does is this. It shows me that Christ came to give his life for me, and how can I not give my life for others? How do I put myself on the throne, and how do I not do that and allow him to be on the throne so that I might love others well? Hope shows us how to act. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use the freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in the Lord. There's a freedom that we walk in, but Paul says very clearly, don't indulge your flesh. Don't indulge the things that you just want, but serve others, help others, be the hands and feet of Jesus that they may encounter the hope that was born on this Christmas day, that they might encounter him. Ephesians 4, 32 says this, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks this hope that God is talking about, that Christ is talking about, that the apostles are talking about, that you hear me talking about. This, this key that unlocks it is, is this unforgiveness, this forgiving of others, just takes it, unlocks it, and allows you to walk in a hope that you may not have walked in before. Hope shows us how to act. And, and, and when we walk in the hope of who Christ is, what you realize is this, I'm forgiven, how can I not forgive others? How do I walk holding the grudge? How do I hold on to that stuff? See, hope shows us how to act in Christ Jesus, and it changes our life. James 1.27 says this, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans, widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. It's this, that we help others, that we help widows and orphans. What does that say? Divorced moms, it's the homeless, it's all of these things that God has called us to get our hands dirty and to really serve him and be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's how we act, that's how he's called us to act. Hope brings and shows us how to act. The birth of hope, the necessity of Christ is this. Number three, hope brings clarity. Hope brings clarity. Isaiah 42, seven says to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeons and those who dwell in the darkness from the prison. To open blind eyes, hope brings clarity. When Christ came to this earth, what happened is this, clarity came because forgiveness came. When he died on the cross for your sins and mine, this great clarity arose and that clarity was this, that I don't have to live in condemnation that I don't have to live in, in death, that I can live in Christ Jesus in eternal life. 
that my life can be completely changed, that I don't have to be the guy that I was, but I can be a new creation in Christ through him, through Jesus, that my eyes are open to what he has called me to and who he has called me to be. Psalm 37, 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way, that God has a plan for us, that God has our steps set out before us, that as we worship him, as we encounter him on a daily basis, as we engage him through his word and through prayer, as we look at the necessity of hope and what hope brought when Christ came, it brings clarity in my life. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This hope that he's talking about is eternal hope. It's not a hope for here, although we can hope in the things that we have here, but our hope is ultimately in Christ Jesus. It's in another place. It's in another time. It's not in this moment, not getting what I don't want, but it's eternity with the creator of heaven and earth. When I sit in that hope, when I sit in the hope of Christ Jesus, everything changes. The world looks a little bit different. The world looks a little bit different. Matthew 2, 1 through 12, talks of the Christmas story. At the end of it, it says this, wise men seek him. Wise men seek him. Hope, the hope that was birthed on Christmas, Jesus brings clarity. But clarity comes when wise men seek him. My heart for you and what I ask of God is that, God, let us be men and women who seek you. Let us be men and women who look for, for truth. Let us be men and women who walk in the power of kindness. Let us be men and women who see the necessity of the gospel. Let us be men and women who seek him who was born on this Christmas day. Let us be men and women who go after the clarity of Christ Jesus and who he has created them to be. That's the hope that we live in as Christians. That's the hope I challenge you in, to live in that hope that God has laid out each step before you and as you seek him, he'll make it abundantly clear to you and you will have direction and hope in who he has called you to be. Number four, the birth of hope, Christ Jesus, is this, hope is contagious. Hope is contagious. This is a principle across the line in life. It is across the line in life, whether it be in sports, and I've been in a number of situations where I've been down a, a number. I remember in particular playing in college and we're playing Boston College and they're num number one in the country and, and, and we're down three to two and, and I, I'm just trying to be you know, uh, encouraging. And, and uh, Corey Millen, who was the captain of the team and played in the Olympic team, a great player, just injected hope into that locker room and said, guys, we can do this. He just brought this hope and all of a sudden, the contagiousness of that hope. Wait a second, we can do this. We're in Boston down two or down one and, and we're playing in the playoffs and, and one person has this hope and it all of a sudden became contagious throughout the room and guys started to believe that we can actually do this and we ended up going in there and we ended up winning and going on to the final four in hockey. Now he didn't give us the same hope speech in the final four because we lost, but, but the point is this, there's hope and it's contagious, whether it be in your family, whether it be in your sporting events, whether it be in your office, wherever it might be, hope is contagious, but no more than this place on, in, in our lives is hope contagious. What do I mean by that? When you see someone that's going through their stuff and they have a smile, when you see someone who's going through difficulties and there's a peace about them, 
When you see someone who doesn't have all the things that you have or you want, doesn't have the health that they should have, doesn't have the car or whatever it is, but there's something about them, there's this hope that sits in them, it's contagious. It's contagious. There's a scripture that, that, that we see in Luke at the end with Mary and Joseph. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, the wise men, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spared the, uh, spread the word concerning what they had told him about this child. And all who heard were amazed. The, the wise men spread the word. They spread hope. They put hope out there. And it says, all that heard were amazed. And at, at what the shepherds had said to him. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just has been told to them. Hope is contagious. And the reason that hope is contagious is this. Hope is the a person. It's not just some ethereal uh, uh, equation. Hope is not something that you're grasping for. Hope is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And, uh, and it's tangible, and I have a relationship with him, and I have conversations with him, and in his word, his life comes alive, and my life comes alive. See, hope is contagious because when I am who God has called me to be, when I have clarity and I'm walking in the fullness of who God has called me to be as a pastor, as a businessman, as a father, as a husband, and I understand the clarity of that, um, and, and I walk in it, what happens is no one can knock me off. No one can move me out of the way because there's a steadfastness of who God has called me to be. And if our children, if we would walk in that hope, if we'd walk in that, what we would see is this, men and women who are incredibly secure. Secure in who they are in Christ Jesus. Because hope is Jesus. Jesus Christ is the hope of this world. That's why Christmas is necessary. That's why it is important. You see, when you experience the hope of Christ and someone else experiences the hope of Christ in you, their lives get changed. They want it. And this is part of the problem with the church because we go, ah, I got my hope. Ah, I got my ticket to heaven. Ah, I got my thing. And, and the gospel is never meant to be played that way. Gospel was meant to have a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. And that relationship so changed you. The necessity of this, of this Christmas story in Jesus' birth is that the story so changes you that you're a different person. So much so that you're willing to engage others and bring the hope of Christ to others. That's the hope of Christmas. That's why hope is contagious. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, Always being prepared, to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Look, there's a hope within you, and you and I need to be ready to distribute that hope to others. We need to be able to tell them the necessity of Christmas is because of the hope of a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And we need to be able to communicate that with them because they're looking and they're watching to see if your life and my life reflect that of someone who has encountered hope, that hope being Christ Jesus. The question that I have for you today is anyone who, if anyone were to ask you for the reason for the hope that is in you, what would you say? Is there hope in you today? Do people ask you, where do you get your hope? Does anyone ever say, how do you do that? How do you walk in that? And if they don't, 
then I want to challenge you in this, that you would get the clarity of the necessity of this season, which is Christ's birth. That you would walk in the fullness of what Jesus has done for you this Christmas season. But not just this Christmas season, this next year, 2022. That regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of the hopelessness of this world, that you and I would bring hope, and that hope would look like Jesus Christ. And as our lives are being changed, as our lives are, are being sanctified through the washing of God's word, let others eat up the fruit of our lives. And that's my challenge to us for this next year. Hope is a person, that person is Jesus. So enter the story, enter the story today, enter the story today and be the hope that Christ has called you to be. You see, the necessity of, Christian, or of Christmas is this, that Christ came into this world so that ultimately he would die for your sins and mine, that we might have eternal life. That's the hope that I live in and walk in. That's the hope that God has called us to. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. God, I thank you for this Christmas season. God, for this church and for the men and women who are, are listening um, throughout the U.S. today, Father God. I thank you for who you are. Lord, I pray a blessing over them. God, I pray that, uh, that they would go forth and be the hands and feet of Jesus, that they would carry the hope of Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this Christmas and, and, and your son. And Lord, all that you have done for each of us. Lord, let us be a light this year, 2022, Father God. Let your church be the light in the midst of darkness. No matter what's going on, let us be the light and let us enter the story that you've called us to. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning. It's great to have you online. Love that you're able to watch, but next week we're back at Kaiser Elementary, 10 a.m., come join us. We've got some exciting news. Looks like we might have a permanent facility coming up but we'll know a little more by next week. Uh, join us. We'll announce that. God bless. Have a great, safe New Year's. See you soon.